This does feature some of my favourite film cliches. The table flip, Brad Pitt does chairs, tables, water coolers, you name it. I mean, this is just such a unique little, I think, treasure. Brad Pitt taking his superstardom and just doing something honestly fascinating with it. I kept, I did think what you were thinking is, people can't really talk like that. But it's all delivered so confidently, I yeah. just go, well, it has to be. Like, if you like movies where men spit into plastic cups and old, overweight, sweaty men are in rooms with no windows, <laughs> and if you like Brad Pitt eating, by He does Lord, a lot of eating in this. This movie has all three of those things in abundance. Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Flix Watcher Podcast. Today I'm joined by Ali. Hi. And Ali. Hello. And as always, Helen. Hello. And we're going to be talking about Moneyball. Thank you as always to the mighty people for the mighty, mighty tunes. And thanks to Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. Please do remember to write a review and rate us on Apple Podcasts anywhere you can do where you listen to the podcast because it really does help us. And you can join in the conversation with us on Twitter at FlixWatcherPod and on Instagram at FlixWatcher. Hello and welcome to this episode of FlixWatcher Podcast. Joining us today, we have Ali and Ali. If you would both like to say hello and tell the listeners about the work that you do, please. I'm not defined by my work, thank you very much. Uh, now, my name's Ali Plum, and I work for BBC Radio 1 as their in-house film critic, which, yes, is a job. And it's my job to be the interviewer person, an in-house geek, and I kind of appear on different radio shows across the two networks. So, Grimmy and Greg and Ace and Dottie and all the rest. So, yeah, radio person. And who are you? Um, I'm Ali Wybrew and I work for a creative content agency. So I make uh, TV adverts and trailers and uh, social media ads for various film companies. These, I mean, both of you don't have real jobs, basically. That's what you're saying. <laughs> I don't think anybody in the media has a real job. No. I Just mean, swan around watching films and talking about them. Yeah. Not swan around. <laughs> that sounds a bit harsh. I spend, I spend a lot of time in the dark, though. Yeah. Looking at stuff. Yeah. I don't even have windows in my office. So Analyzing yeah. stuff. Making some films look better than they are. Yeah. <laughs> or as good as they really are. Yes, exactly. As excellent. Finding the best in films. That's it. <laughs> um, so we are talking today about Moneyball, which is your choice, Mr. Plum. Um, can you tell us a bit about the film? You've got a one minute synopsis and tell us why you chose it as well. So this is Moneyball, which is probably the most interesting statistics movie there's ever been. I don't think there are many kind of to compete against it. But anyway, this is Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill and kind of briefly Philip Seymour Hoffman in a real life story of a manager of the Oakland A's, which is a baseball team in, what do you know, Oakland, California. Mm. And this is the real life story of about 2001, 2002, where he realised he didn't have enough money to actually make a proper big league, traditionally made baseball team. So he got lateral and thinked, thinked he thought cleverly and bringing in uh, Jonah Hill's character, they used maths and numbers and statistics to make sure that they created a team that cost nothing, looked awful, but actually worked well. And so, yeah, it's yeah. kind of uh, one of those interesting statistics sports movies with lots of famous people in it. And why did you pick it? I picked it because I watch a lot of sports movies. I love a bit of Rocky and <laughs> all of that sort of thing. But this is just the other side of it. 
and it's directed by the same director as Capote and Foxcatcher. Mm. His name has just fallen out of my head. I want to say William Bennett. We, I can't remember. I'll find it. He has disappeared off the radar, I think, since 2014 when Foxcatcher since came Fox out. Since Foxcatcher, yeah. Anyway, it's just very, I think, well-directed and a very interesting movie about a topic that on the surface should be incredibly dull. And it's also an example, I think, of Brad Pitt. Bennett Miller. Bennett Miller. Yeah. I knew Bennett was in there. Brad Pitt taking his superstardom and just doing something honestly fascinating with it. Because he could be just doing, if he wanted to, Marvel and DC and whatever stuff. But this, I mean, this is just such a unique little, I think, treasure. It's quite interesting he hasn't done, he's done the tiniest, tiniest bit of superherodom in the last kind of 10 years, hasn't he? But he hasn't... Um... What you mean, like World War Z? No, I mean, that very small clip in Deadpool. Oh, that's true. <laughs> Blink and you will literally <laughs> miss him. Miss him. Uh, Helen, what are your thoughts on Moneyball? So I had seen Moneyball before, um, re-watching it. I really had no idea. I couldn't remember much. I think the key to how much you enjoy about this film is how much you understand baseball, or at least a little bit of how baseball works. So are you saying zero for you? Yes, zero. Um, it's... The, the really interesting bits, I think, for, for me were Jonah Hill, um, who kind of, I think he, he sort of surprised everyone, mm. even himself in this, because he'd kind of sort of done the, the teen comedies before this and then came back with a, a kind of really interesting performance. Um, and you've already mentioned uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman in a, another great supporting role. Um, Brad Pitt doesn't quite work for me in, in, in this one. But then I think... We've had a couple of Brad Pitt films on before, and I'm not sure whether I'm a massive Brad Pitt fan anyway. So, But your favourite film is Fight Club. It is. <laughs> is. Is he the best part or worst part of that? Well, I think... Do you watch Fight Club, Helena Bottom Carter? Is that is that where we're at? Or Meatloaf? No. Edward Norton, I quite like him in it. Um, <laughs> so we had Brad Pitt in Seven. Different. Yes, and Allied as well. Yeah. Uh, how is he in Seven for you? Yeah, I mean, he's... he's He's good just, in that. Just fine. But Out of 10? Yeah. Seven. Okay. Yeah. Ah, good God. There you go. Ali, what are your thoughts on, on Moneyball? Um, I think, conversely, I'm I'm always up for Brad Pitt. I think he's great. Um, and I had seen Moneyball before. Um, but I remember it surprising me and mm. quite liking it when really, other than Brad Pitt, I thought, I, I'm not that into sports films. Like, I don't. Um I don't naturally gravitate towards them. Um, so it was interesting that the first time I watched it, I really enjoyed it because I just thought it was more interesting than I expected. And going back to it, I still did really enjoy it, but I think I realised there were things that didn't quite work. Like I think Philip Seymour Hoffman's character kind of appears and then completely drops off for a while and Brad Pitt just becomes the coach. And I was asking, well, where's the actual co coach gone? And there were just little things that niggled at me. Um, but I, I did enjoy it. And I think Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill's kind of relationship was really mm. like engaging. And I really liked watching them develop. Their little bromance they have going on. Yeah. And, and an early appearance from Chris Pratt as well. Yeah. Super small one from Robin Wright. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I really enjoyed this both times. I didn't feel, I saw it in the cinema when it first came out. And like self Helen, for me, it was like Jonah Hill was like, oh shit, this guy can actually act. And that's, I think that's a bit belittling sometimes because comedic actors have, can have, more often I think have that gravitas than uh, dramatic actors have the comedic chops. Um, but Jonah Hill's probably, I guess, the largest he's been at this. He's very awkward, kind of. Um, so he does kind of have that still 
kind of that sensibility, but he's just behind him. He has the conviction of portraying a serious role. Um, Brad Pitt, I think, is I, like I said, I think the dynamics that you said between Brad and him, I think, were really good. And that scene where Brad like accosts him after he goes to try and do some scouting and says like, "Who are you? Why are they listening to you?" I really, really love that scene. I really, just like that kind of dynamic and. Um, Jonah Hill's just kind of wiltering at this point. So I, I, I don't know. I'm just nobody. Who's like you're not nobody. Who are you? Why? Why are you so good? Um, I thought that that kind of dynamic between them was really, really kind of special. And you see Jonah Hill's character getting more and more confident towards you know throughout as the film progresses. Yeah, I think that scene was really electric, and I think um, there's an innocence to Jonah Hill's character and his acting there that's really quite compelling and like you say watching him just become more confident you know when Brad Pitt just calls him and he's like sit there and then he's making a phone call on speaker and Jonah Hill doesn't even know why he's there but it becomes very apparent and yeah I thought it was great. Having not I don't really know much about baseball um do they really talk like that? I think any sports (laughs) if you think yeah if you when they're on the phone they're like that and hang up Call that person now, Janine. Hang up on them. Ring them back, and I that person's going to come should back. Should we say, talk about yes? who wrote this? I think that's the alpha male aspect of the. But who? I mean, the book or the T or the the, the script for this. Script. Who, go on. I mean, is it not? I mean, well, we'll have to cut this out. This if I'm is wrong. The, the, well, it's Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah. one of them. <laughs> You're watching an Aaron Sorkin movie, and it's a yeah. little bit like this Tarantino dialogue is a little bit zippy. <laughs> but I, I totally understand. It is like it can't be real. But for me, it's the the words they use. Like, mm. It's like walking into some kind of other planet where they've got all this different, like, there's a glossary for everything. Like, there's a different word for every single possible thing. Yeah. And I I enjoy it. I like going on to deep, you know, like, doing deep dives in worlds that are just totally foreign to me and just letting them wash over and feeling like I'm absorbing by osmosis this bizarro world. I also just love seeing people be incredibly passionate about something that I have a mild interest in. Yeah. Like... If you like watch a movie about golf or darts or any other seemingly boring sport on the surface to some people, and then you've got these people like Brad Pitt's lip is quivering at the idea that he can't put together a good team. And I think they just bounces off the screen, the passion from these people about what they themselves call a kid's game. You know? <laughs> I think it's, even like with boxing, because I, I do not like boxing. Oh, boxing, there you go, yeah. But when you see Creed and Creed 2 and the best Rocky, Rocky films, I'm like behind him and there, when I was a kid watching those films, I was there punching the walls. I was like, yeah! yeah. Da, da. But in this, I know so little about baseball. And I don't know if this, probably still my favourite baseball film is A League of Their Own. Yeah. But... I don't really class this as a sports film, really. It's more like... It's a statistics movie. I mean, <laughs> we all love them, right? Um, There's literally shots of Excel documents. There is. Like. And like very complex equations. And you're like, he's putting them together. He's putting some kind of code together. And one of the scenes was like, hey, I just put this code together. And um, so I think you need to buy Chris Pratt because he he's a bit injured, but he might be able to be turned into someone else because he can walk to the first base. Mm. So it's all well, the guy with the funny, the funny arm. The funny throw. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, and it's, it is really weird. And listening to, I listen to a lot of free economics, the, um, podcast about economics and there's a section on they did like a series on sports personalities and how people get um chosen for stuff and there's they did a really interesting section whereby uh, for basketball there's like a really good uh chinese american basketball uh, basketball player but he didn't get picked because people like well you don't look like michael jordan or like larry bird oh, yeah. so a lot of these things do really play into the effects but but statistics wise he's like really good and when people kind of look beyond that they were like well, yeah, we're going to have him because he's awesome. They say in this film a lot, 
he's got the face. Yeah. And like we looked at each other going, oh, yeah, that is definitely a thing, isn't it? I kept, I did think what you were thinking is people can't really talk like that. But it's all delivered so confidently. I yeah. just go, well, it has to be. People going, oh, you know, they talk about one guy having an ugly girlfriend. What the, yeah. And you just go, well, this is kind of an, a, a kind of a sludgy masculine world. Like if you like movies where men spit into plastic cups and old, overweight, sweaty men are in rooms with no windows. <laughs> and if you like Brad Pitt eating, by He does Lord, a lot of eating in this. This movie has all three of those things in abundance. What are they spitting that, into cups that, so much? That, that made me nearly puke every single time. I was like, oh yeah, it does this a lot. What is it? Is it so sometimes it looked like it was popcorn and it wasn't putting the kernels in, it was spitting the kernels I out, was it? It might have been chewing gum. Or chewing I'm not tobacco. Sure, but chewing yeah. tobacco is kind of a baseball thing from the fifties. But I never saw them into cups though. I guess it's just more sanitized, isn't it? Because no. it, it would be properly If this is a thing that bothers you, don't watch money. <laughs> Genuinely, there is so much. Like also, if you like random big name actors just rocking up halfway through, we kept going. Ali and I had both watched it before. Oh, Chris Pratt, I've forgotten. Yeah, yeah. Robin Wright. Oh, yeah, of course you're in it. I just loved having those little moments. I loved PSH in this as well. That yeah, was he was great. I mean, I think he does the kind of, not not grumpy guy well, but I'm thinking of when he was in town to Mr. Ripley as well, and he's mm. that slightly suspicious, slow speaking, I'm not impressed with any of you attitude. Yeah. He just does that so well. And it was, yeah, it was great to see him in this. His confrontations he had with Brad Pitt as well where he's saying, at that one point he's saying, well, I'm just doing what I need to do to defend my position yeah. for roles for for um, applying for jobs next year. Mm. It's like, well, I can kind of see you're right. Um, I can't, I think every single time I see him on, on screen, I think he's fantastic. He's, I mean, he's Philip Seymour Hoffman, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, in, it's just, he's just amazing. Has he had many, did he have many um, starring roles in himself? By himself. I mean, mm. the big one is Capote, which it's is true. obviously how he, what the connection is here. I mean, because... If I were casting this film, I wouldn't go, I need a slightly overweight, curmudgeonly basketball, basketball, different film, <laughs> baseball coach, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He's the one. But obviously, you know, the director saw it and it worked out. I think this movie we're kind of describing in a way. I think it's a hard movie to describe to get people to go and watch it. Yeah. Oh, you've got to see this film. Why? It's got loads of... Hang on. Uh, Statistics. <laughs> if you look at the poster, it's... Brad Pitt sitting on a, like, you know, dugout type seat. Yeah. Turning around with a, with a <laughs> yeah. green baseball field behind think... him. And it's like, Moneyball, based on a true story. Brad Title, Pitt, Brad yeah. Pitt, Brad Pitt, Brad Can Pitt. Can it be called, like, baseball statistics? Yeah. But then that's the point, right? Like, they're trying to get people in to see it without knowing what it is. Because mm. if they do baseball in, in any obvious way, that's going to alienate... Like the UK. Many, yeah, exactly, right? Whereas if you put Brad Pitt by a field, could be anything with Brad Pitt in. So could be tennis. <laughs> yeah. I loved how sucked in I got, not knowing much about baseball, not knowing all the vernacular mm. and all the mumbo jumbo. And then suddenly halfway through the film going, yes, come on, an 18 undefeated record, 19. <laughs> and like you're just sweating with excitement. And I think movies always get me much more into sport. Than, than anything else. The actual does. Yeah. As soon as I watch this movie, I want to go back to when we went on holiday and we went to see the Red Sox um, in Boston. I wanted to say the name of the Fenway Park. Yeah. And uh, it's all. Da, 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 and it's great fun. But you think watching that was better than being there? I think that's what gets me so excited to get back into baseball, right? And then I watch it on TV and I'm like, why is I th this? Think, I was actually surprised re-watching it again. There's very little actual baseball in it. Yeah. 
there's not a lot and the bits that are in it are some of it it's a little mixture of archive bits and a little bit recreated and I think I also I was quite surprised how long it took to get to that bit where they were actually his plan was actually working and they were they were actually that's how you build the tension soaking soaking ratchet in the tension I think it's I I have to imagine they were following the truth. I did a bit of uh, Wikipedia after this. Firstly, because I didn't really know what the significance of getting on first meant. Why that was such... Because I was like, why they wanted Chris Pratt's character above Peña. I only know it from kissing rules when I was 15. Well, and that what? That was was a US thing, wasn't it, first base? Yeah. I mean, it's not that people went... I mean, we play rounders (laughs) as well. Yeah, I was going to say rounders. Yeah. (laughs) My reference. Um, But yeah, that getting on first base is like such an important thing and it didn't matter... One of the scenes they're talking about is like they don't care whether he hits the ball and gets on first base or or just gets on first base because he manages to instill so many fouls that they're like, go on, son, you're on first base. That's, that's how you get your runs then, isn't it? Because that, you get bases loaded and you get someone to hit it. Well, this is it. Is it? Um, well, it's part of that. It's kind of, again, any American American guys who listen, please like tell us because it doesn't make I mean, sense. I mean, it is rounders. Still don't know. Not to dress up baseball too much, but there's the bottom of the night, blah, 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 rounders. Okay, there we go. <laughs> um, this is written by, the book is based on Martin Lewis, who did um, Not Big Get Short. Shorty, Big Short, Big Short, and also The Blind Side. Have you seen, guys seen any of those? I've seen The Big Short. Um, I haven't seen Blind Side. I've seen The Blind Side, and it does feel like a both sporting movies. Mm. That's schmaltzy and very kind of... The blindsiders. Yeah, very yeah. Um, kind of tear-jerking, heartwarming stuff. Whereas this feels obviously naturally, through the Sorkin machine, a lot, <laughs> a lot more technical, wordy. Like, this film is men talking to each other quickly. It is. Proper yeah. West Wing, isn't it, basically? Yeah. It's also lots of white men talking to each other. I was thinking about that for Oakland, but again, I think... Because it is based on real life, and Hatterberg, they did have that 20-run streak, which is insane for any sports team to win 20 games in a row. So I was kind of behind that. I can kind of get that. Um, Oakland is very mixed race. But then I don't know, but baseball is kind of, I don't know, I think... Look, again, if that's the, that's who the people were, they yeah. can't just go, well... Well, this is it. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Now this guy's Polynesian. You go, well, no, he's, he's called Billy Bean. I'm sorry. Like, I, I do want to say... Is that his real name? Billy Bean, who is who Brad Pitt plays... Mm. Doesn't we, like that. we said this off mic. <laughs> yeah. Must have been over the moon that Brad Pitt said, I'm going to play you. I'm not saying he's a bad looking guy. He reminds me a little bit of um, uh, What's His Chops from the OC, who likes a bagel, uh, the dad. Uh, I was going to say, but. Tate like, Donovan? No, the what's other his name dad. From Spandau Ballet. Oh, um, Martin Kemp. Martin Kemp. Yeah, it does look like Kemp. Like yeah. Maybe. Anyway, <laughs> I don't think he's a good looking in his own way, but he's not Brad Pitt. No. You've got him side by side there, haven't you? No, but in his defence, I mean, not many people are Brad Pitt. What are you trying to say? But, well, just that most people <laughs> would be pleased if Brad Pitt decided to play them, I think. But um, there were things, I think there were things this time round that I found actually a bit frustrating. And I don't know if it's just because you've got to condense the book and the true story into that that time frame. But um, there were certain things about it. it was quite complicated. And I feel like I can follow it to a point. And then at some point when... Um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman isn't playing the team yeah. as Brad Pitt once. I should be using their character names, but I'm not. I'm sorry. Um, I think it's fine. <laughs> Apart from Billy Bean, does anyone remember any of the names? And Hatterberg, because he was on the back of his shirt. No. No. Actor <laughs> names is fine. 
Um, but then Brad Pitt just decides he's going to start trading a load of people. And Jonah Hill's sitting in there. And it's like, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is changing the entire structure of the team and it, what, it's just going to work. And I found that like a bit, that was a bit too cinema. I was like, hang on, you've taken ages getting us to buy into this formula that you're now quite quickly disregarding just to get to the baseball. And there were certain elements of that yeah. I, I felt that were just like, oh. I think halfway through the movie, I just genuinely got a bit lost. And this was my second viewing. And I was going, he's just not winning. For a while, they don't win. And it's like, okay, we get the point. They're not winning. Move on. Let's did, see I when did, you are winning. I we won the like winning. It was a good 10 minutes of, okay. We, no, still not winning. We get it. Yeah, we're still <laughs> not working out. Okay. Because what I got, there's one line in this, which I, I'm not sure. Because I, I think the first time I watched it, I was like, so when did they start winning? But there's that point where, again, with Philip Seymour Hoffman kind of defend his, defending his position, trying to make sure that he is the coach and he does ultimately get the choice of, if you've got 25 people there, I get to choose who's there. So the general manager kind of can buy people, but he can't determine who goes on the pitch, which is kind of weird. It's, it's a weird kind of concept for me. And I'm not sure if that happens in other sports. It reminds me a lot of championship manager. That's, <laughs> that's what this was for me. It was going, oh yeah, I bet there must be a championship manager version of baseball. There has to be. Yeah. Certainly on phones, right? Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, I found that really frustrating because I was like, what is the point? Of the like, general manager? Yeah. But, well, or the coach, I, either way. But I thought for Philip Seymour Hoffman to not even try one game, I was waiting for Brad Pitt to sit down and go, look, just trust me, yeah. do one game how I've asked you to. But they didn't. He just kept going, no, no, no. I was like, oh, for God's sake. So he literally had to fire a load of players in order to play the plan and then he gets the credit anyway because <laughs> yeah. they're all going like oh yeah. this could only be done because this coach has you know, yeah. done this and blah 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 well, it's like he didn't do anything 20 years later or 11 years later who's got Brad Pitt on the poster playing who <laughs> so take that you get stuck with Philip Seymour Hoffman the actor of a generation well Philip Seymour Hoffman did at the bottom at the 20th game when they're all tied after going 11 nil up say Chris Pratt you have a go, son. That yeah, was, that, that was his genius. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> there are some fun lines, though, in this film, I think. If only for a British audience, there's a bit where he, he's coming to blows with his chief scout. Mm. And the chief scout's kind of trying to dance around being pretty terse. And then he eventually just blows up. And he says, I respect you, Mr. Bean. And obviously, <laughs> we're both going, yeah, sure we do. Yeah, big time. Absolutely. But no, obviously, the Sorkinese dialogue is just, it's just nice ping, to be, ping, 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 ping. To be in that rhythm of... Everyone knows exactly what to say in exactly the right moment. It's the people in the room, even just like Brad Pitt with that kind of hand gesticulation going, mat, 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 mat. Oh, I love that. Yeah. yeah. The, the talking, but your hand doesn't go from the mouth. Yeah, it's comes under, <laughs> like a duck in the water. Yeah. I really like this. Um, should we head to the scores, guys, and keep on chatting? Let's um, head over to the Flixwatcher scores. All of our scores are out of five. You may have decimal places if you wish and uh we will start with you um ali with the recommendability right so this is measuring how likely i am to recommend this movie yeah. how easy is it for you to recommend it to be out of five yeah i'm gonna go for four i think to the person i would recommend this to like i need to put a kind of caveat there yeah i'm not going to recommend it to everyone but friends of mine i think this is an and people I know, this is an easy recommend. And if they don't like it, then they don't like it. But I know there's something special in this movie. And I know it's something different. And mm. I know it's kind of this little gem. So I kind of don't mind if they don't like it. I have enough confidence in this movie that I just know it's pretty good. So I'm going to give it four for that. Alan? 
I was going to say 4, but I actually think I'm just going to take it down a little bit to 3.8 since the decimal's been introduced. I feel like um, I can do that. So I think... I think there's a lot going for it. I think it is interesting. And I think Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill and Philip Seymour Hoffman are all great. So mm. I think it is worth watching for that. But I do also think it is quite niche. And yeah. I think there are a lot of people I know that I could recommend it to. And they may, it's 50-50 whether they'd enjoy mm. it. But I think it is a good film. So it's solid. So that's why I'm going to go through. Look, I think it's got Jonah Hill wearing massive ties. <laughs> it's got loads of people shouting into loudspeaker landline phones. This is what I need. This is my life. And if it everything has got a lot of landline phones. It has. It's also got the comfiest costumes ever. I mean, Brad Pitt's Slacks. just in tracksuits yep. and T-shirts the whole time. And do you like Pepsi product placement? Because <laughs> <laughs> I do. And this is this is the film for me. They got the free soda in the end, didn't they? They did. They did. Yeah. They did. Uh, Helen, recommendability. Um, so normally, I, I mean, I'm quite normal to quite recommend anything to anyone willingly. Um, but I, I do think... I know a lot of people who would not enjoy this and who would not make it to the end just because, I mean, it's soft, soft baseball. It, it is a very, very niche in that sport. And it is largely about statistics as well. So it doesn't really have that much of the sport in it. Mm -hmm. So trying to sell it as a proper sports film, I think I'd struggle a little bit. Um, I think the thing that is the main thing going for it is Sorkin's script. I think if it didn't have that, then it could be really, really, really dull. Um, so I'm going to go 3.5. Oh, still pretty high. I'm going to go for 4.1. Um, I enjoyed it the first time a lot more than... I don't know what brought me to it in the first place. It must have just been... There was a little, there was a little hype bubble about this film yeah. when it first came out. And I think it was being sold like a little gem, like mm. a kind of, look at all these famous people doing a very indie-looking movie. Yeah. And this obviously cost peanuts. Like, there's nothing totally. spent on this. Labour of love for all people involved. Because where, I mean, the, the bigger names in this, um, Philip Seymour Hoffman probably wouldn't have been paid that much. Brad Pitt would have been, would have just enjoyed the script. and or production, uh, production cut. Yeah, that's true. Um, Chris Pratt was no one at this point. No. Um, and I think when I listened, when I watched this again, I was like, oh, that's where I knew Chris Pratt from. Because when I saw him in um, Parks, Parks and, and Rec. Rec, I was like, I'm sure I know that guy from somewhere. And it all kind of pings together. And he's, it doesn't get much screen time in this, but he's, you know, he's Chris Pratt and he's charismatic in that time he has. Um, but I think there's two kind of sides. It's like, if if you are a big sports film fan, I'd say, I mean, watch it because it's got sports in it, but don't rely on the sports as being the thing that drives you through. It's its own you, thing. Yeah, I can't it is, really, isn't it? It's like when I try to describe what we do in the shadows. You know, it's a kind of comedy, flat share comedy. It's very sarcastic in kind of the US and UK office. But Based it's also documentary, yeah. That. It's also about vampires. And it's from the guy that do Flight the Concord. So am I not just watch it. You know, that's where I'm at with this. But you probably have a sense of people you know would exactly. take against it. Exactly. Or so, would be willing to give it a fair crack of the whip. I'll go, I know whether this will suit you, trust me, watch it. But yeah. I agree to a broad audience this isn't going to fly. Sure. Um but I think four point one because I think it'll it, if you are willing to give it like fifteen minutes, I think you'd be probably more taken in than you think it would be based on the premise. Yes. Um, repeat viewing score. Ali. I'm going to go for three and a half, I think. How many times have we seen this around the table, by the way? This is my second viewing, so I think it's yeah, interesting that I barely remembered second. any of it. Was it? And it was all on first release you guys saw it, you thought? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's the same here. I remember it having a very bittersweet ending, which I think is one of one of its better things, mm. is that it's, it's real, right? And then... Anyway, I don't want to say too much because the, if there's an opportunity to not say exactly what happened at the end, that's probably best. But this does feature some of my favourite film cliches, which is um, the table flip. 
I absolutely love it. I particularly love it in a public forum. Like I like it when it's in a... It's up there with my other favourite one, which is when (laughs) people are rushing in to see the big boss and the receptionist goes, you can't go in there. And then they go, no, I don't care. And they burst in. The table flip Brad Pitt does in a variety of ways, about seven times. Chairs, tables, baseballs, water coolers, you name it. Um, Yeah, so... At this point, it's just smashing things up, really, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I'm into it. I'm into it, yeah. There's also the great driving and then... Oh, yeah. Turning back round. I love that cliche, yeah. (laughs) There's also that weird kind of trope of him not watching the game yeah. and then him on the final the, like, he's got to watch it in the he's final game of the, twi- of the twist of, sorry of the final game of the streak I don't know if it's the final I don't, I don't know if it was 21 but in that 20 game 20 of the game when he turns up when they're 11 nil up and that's when things start to go mm. nonsense that had me yeah. that I, had love me. That. I, was, I knew I was being played but I was and you saw it. Jonah Hill like looking over going oh he's turned up what are the chances oh, no, he's, he's going sitting now. right there as well yeah. like right at the entrance boss Awesome here. There's lots of 2000 tech, which I enjoyed as well. The old flip phones and uh, tape, a, tape recorders with actual tapes in. Didn't he have a 3310? Something like that. Yeah. I liked it. What was the that relationship with his daughter wasn't, was kind of like... Ornamental. Yeah, mm. it was... Well, not, you don't want to it talk about fully the end, fulfilled, but was it? I did feel that was quite weak with the daughter. Yeah. I mean, it's... Sometimes you get trapped by the truth, but what if you do have a really lovely relationship with your ex-wife more or less and you have a perfect daughter who sings like an angel <laughs> conceivably this has to happen in real life like somewhere yeah but all in the he's same person he's not angry at all for you leaving the family or being yeah. obsessed with baseball and it's just a really chill a kid club. i want to eat ice cream with you dad yeah thank you a cd <laughs> yeah. don't forget she's the reason he turns back to go to the stadium so yeah. she could have jinxed him <laughs> what's your repeat being score I'm going to say two and a half. I think this was the this like I said, the second time we watched it. I can't see when I would choose to put it on again in the near future. I think it's a, at best a once a decade watch. And I don't mean that because it's bad. I just think it's yeah. it requires energy. You've got to concentrate mm. visually. You know, it's not super varied. So, yeah, I would say 2.5. Who wrote Social Network? Was that Sorkin as well? Yeah. Because we all had, everyone around the table when we talked about Social Network had seen it in the cinema, not seen it at all. And then the second time seeing it was... Apart from me, I'd seen it a few times. You'd seen it a few times. Okay. I was just wondering if there might be something with like a lot of information coming at you and a concept you're not fully aware of being that you need to watch it again, but not necessarily straight away. But then after you've seen it that second time, you kind of think, I'm fine with this. Yeah. Uh, What's your score? Um, I'm also going to go... Uh, 2.5 I didn't see this in the cinema I think I saw it after um, the kind of the Oscar buzz was around it I think that was what made me choose it um, to watch then but that would have been maybe 2012 or 13 so it has been a long time Um, and I I think you probably need to watch it a couple of times to really take it all in because watching it the second time I was like I can't remember any of this and to be honest, some of the stuff you're talking about now, I'm like going, oh yeah, did that? I can't. So I, I, I feel I probably would need to watch it another time to really have kind of absorbed everything because it is a lot to take. It's kind of the sports, the rules, the history, language, the, the statistics, the language, everything is like, oh, I don't know what they're saying. I will say one thing about it: it being 
not broad and not international is that so many, and this is, I'm just going to put it out there, so many of our favourite, I think, British films are intrinsically British. Yeah. And that's just it. You're like going train to, spotting. You're going to watch The Wrong Trousers, whatever it is, like that's Matter of Loaf and Death, whatever. Other claymation uh, films are available. Um, they're so British and half of the joy is in the fact that you're going, well, this is how it is. Like this is Four Weddings and the Funeral and this is the way we speak and whatever, Britishness, Britishness. And I think what Moneyball does in not spending that much money, obviously making the film, they can go, this is the nation's pastime. Mm. And we're going to do it justice in of itself because it, aside from Japan, baseball doesn't live and operate anywhere else. So there's no point trying to go, well, listen, international viewers, yeah. this is how it all works. So I do kind of, whilst I do definitely agree with you, appreciate it for going, hey, in for a penny, this is what we are. This is what baseball is. Deal with it. Dark baseball. Yeah, I've had the, um, the Simpsons baseball song. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's how I learned everything about America. Yeah. Through Simpsons. Through yeah. Simpsons. Um, I'm going to go for two. I don't think I'll see it again. Ever? Um, often. Uh, no, at some point I'll see it, but not in the, not for the next kind of six years. Um, but I'm not, sure, I'm not sure when that will be. I think it's, I think it's a really, really cool film. And it, I, I really just like the way it took me by surprise when I did watch it. I'm sure I went there to cinema kind of begrudging going, there's probably nothing else better on, but everyone says this is good, so I'll go and see it and be like, oh shit, yeah, it's it's a decent flick. Small screen score, guys. Do you guys want an explanation of what this means? Does that mean um, how good is it to watch on the small screen? Pretty much, yeah. Yep. I think this is a big fat five. I don't think there's any reason to not watch this. I mean, obviously, I get how you can be a bit more like, you can concentrate more. I think mm. this movie really deteriorates with the I'll just look at my phone factor. Yeah. Like it really, really does. But at the same time, if there's a movie that works just as well in a phoneless world uh, on a telly, I think this is it, right? So I'm giving it a five. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'd say five. Um, because as we were watching it, I was saying to you, and I didn't mean it negatively, but I was saying, this is not very cinematic. And I'm definitely one for see every film at the cinema. If mm. it comes out you know, in theatres, definitely go and see it. Um, but equally, this is 100% a film that I don't think loses that much at all by watching on a small screen. And there's not even like a performance which is so like pulls to every corner amazing that you have to see it to fully appreciate it like Jonah Hill got an Oscar nomination for this but I don't think it's like you've got to see it in your no. local indie world cine house you have to see it on the big screen because Whacking Phoenix is amazing um yeah I think there was one shot towards the end uh, like a long shot from above where Brad Pitt walks out onto the pitch and that's the first one where I went whoa I'm in a cinema yeah yeah that's stunning mm. but otherwise yeah. Small screen core. Helen. Exactly what you've said. There's nothing cinematic about this. <laughs> what about on the on the turning the car around really quickly on the freeway? When he throws the baseball bat straight at someone's head. What about when he's uh, sitting in the office talking about stats? Yeah. <laughs> when, he, when he presses on the old loudspeaker telephone. Oh wow. No. Five. Going whack whack whack. Yeah. Five. I see. I'm struggling. I'm like. I know those bits happen, but I really can't remember when they happen. <laughs> the soda cost a dollar. Yes. I mean. That's so cheap. Yeah, I know. What was he moaning about? <laughs> but it was 2002. Yeah, exactly. So. We had 40 peas can of 40 peas. We had 40 p can of coke then. Did you check? <laughs> like did you How no, much was did. coke in, in 2002? Yeah, 40 p. Are you talking about the Bauer vending machines? No, just oh, the in world. general. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, getting up for five as well. I think 
if I saw this in the cinema, if it's Honor the Prince Charles, I'd say, no, I don't want to watch this at the cinema. I'll go home and watch the Netflix because well, that'll be a better. Expensive snooze. In yeah, the dark. exactly. <laughs> well, not snooze. I think. Well, it'll lay. It's going to lay into my score for engagement, Ali. You don't even need the big, big speakers. Like, there's no. just no. There's no soundtrack. What, what was, oh, let's talk about the music though. I don't know. Oh. I don't know. I didn't look it up, but it did remind me a bit of Friday Night Lights and Explosions in the Sky. That kind of like. Don't they play Journey a lot, or did I imagine it? Well, don't stop believing. Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, was else that was on the radio? When you were watching it. What was that song that she sang? I didn't I thought she was meant to have written that herself. No, that's uh, I really I'm quaint just a little, little It's not a multi piece, is it? No. Um, did they not play Journey? What was I watching then? Something else, sorry. I don't know, was it the first episode of Glee? No. Were you watching Journey two? I was just watching the Journey music video over and over again. Um yeah, so engagement score. Do you want an explanation of this? How engaged was I? Yeah. Nailed it. <laughs> um, I'd say, and I'm aware that I'm me, so obviously I'm, I'm, I'm not saying engagement like to everyone in the world, but personally I was very engaged. I'd give this four. But I'm me and I respond to statistics. So what do you got? You're giving very round numbers. Um, you can go any which way you want. You be yeah. you. Um, I think... I think you defined engagement as how hard would it be to turn it off? Yeah. How hard is it to turn it off? How hard is it to, <laughs> like, second at screen? Your phone? Did you... You're doing the ironing at the same time? No, I Oh, you could iron to this. You could iron to this. I'm not sure. I'd no, like to, I don't I'd think like to see some of this formula. There could be moments where you accidentally leave the iron on your clothes a little bit too long because you're like, but do they do the thing? This is it. Because they speak quite fast. There's quite a lot to keep up with. And I feel mm. like if you are ironing after five minutes, you're lost. Um, I would give it 4.2. I was engaged. I wasn't doing anything else. I don't think I would have wanted to be doing anything else. Helen? Um, it's two hours and 13 minutes. It's quite a long film. You know what? That's just good value. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I watched this in two sittings just because I, I had to. So I can't give it full engagement for the fact that I couldn't make it all the way through without having to do that so I, I'm going to go for a four as well if you that's still high I thought you were going to yeah, go for a lower no well because if, if you don't pay attention to it yeah. then it's you're just not going to get anything anything from it you have to kind of sit there and give it your, your full attention and it is written in a certain way to be like okay alright yeah let's go it's like right from the start you have to be in yeah, it to win if it you, if you miss like first 15 minutes you're like I don't even know what's happening I don't even understand the relevance of what they lost at the start of it so they had three incredibly big homegrown talents I mean I understand losing the talent yeah but they lost the game so it seemed like to me in football terms that they'd had a good streak and lost in the semi-final so or something like that as far get as I understand it it's yeah. like you have a really really good there's several leagues that build up to bigger leagues yeah like because you you kind of get Regionalised, yeah, yeah, um, and then if but if it's like if you want to get into the European Championship, you got to win that game. Yeah, it doesn't matter how well you've done over the season. You come like, oh, well, you did do very well. We'll get you in anyway. It, you have to win that game. Uh, right, but in, in in the states, to win to get into the European Championship doesn't mean you've necessarily won the Premier League. So they've kind of won the minor league, which people don't care about so much. At this point, I don't know whether they won the minor league. I think they just did very well. Right. Look, I'm totally speaking out. That's right. I, I, I was just kind of like, I'm not all, sure. All I know is that winning the final game, as in like getting into that next part, 
was do or die. It was been, do or die, yeah. Because it seemed to me, I was like, you've done quite well to get to where you got to. Yeah, that's what so many proper sports fans all often say to each other. Oh, we nearly did it. <laughs> um, but I mean, if Brighton and Hove Albion came fourth in the Premier League, you'd be like, you, you, got, you guys have so little money compared to... Yeah, but when Leicester won the Premier League, yeah, that, that's that was, what people want. <laughs> yeah, that's what people remember. I have to say comparing it to football is not helping me in any way. <laughs> I apologise. Um, engagement score, I'm going to have 4.5 because you're, when you're in it, you're in it, I think. And that gives us an overall score of... 3.91250. That's pretty high. Mm, uh, I thought it was going to be quite high. I think this baseball. is a good film. Yeah. I just yeah. agree entirely that it is niche. And it, you have to know that you'd know it. And I like these movies when, if they're recommended to you, mm. you will respond to it. You know? If like, someone explains why you should watch it. It's particular, but that in, within its niche, it's very good. Um yeah, three point nine is great. I thought I thought it was going to get a high score. I mean, if we look at the recommendability, even though we've kind of described it as niche, everyone's given it a fairly decent high recommendability score. So we go to the guys on Twitter, um, and as always before recording, we reach out to them and say, in this case, we're reviewing Moneyball with Ali YB and Ali Plum from at BBC Radio One. Have you seen it? Tells your thoughts when on air. Shout out and flicks watcher. And here we have Brad Pitt GIF doing the whack 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 whack. <laughs> hand gesticulation. Um, can you guys read out uh, the responses that we had? Um, Ali, you said the first one. The first is from Death by Film Podcast. Uh, no, I'll stop that. Five <laughs> stars. As a baseball lover, this is what it is all about. It gets baseball right, and it's one of my absolute favourites. I mean, he's such a big baseball fan uh, that he's... No, that's just a bucket of popcorn. No, I thought yeah. that was... Uh, you sure it's a huge baseball? Yeah, we go. Uh, top film tip says black swan thinking baseball scout and young economist fly in face of convention to turn around failed team. True tale. Hashtag Moneyball. Statistically proven to deliver magnetic performances and engaging drama. So that's four baseballs out of five graphs, it looks like. Four oh, out yeah. of five. I couldn't see that they were baseballs. Yeah, because it's on a white background. White on white. Yeah. Helen. And from Recasted Podcast. Brad Pitt is more subdued than usual, but entertaining as ever. And Jonah Hill crushes a dramatic dramatic role in a movie that will entertain casual fans and captivate diehards. 4.5 stars. Nice. I think without this film, Jonah Hill wouldn't be the, the same guy that he is today. What's happened to McLovin? <laughs> that is a really good question. Seth Rogen's still doing the same old stick. McLovin does some voices for one of the characters How to Train Your Dragon. in How to Train Your Dragon. That's it though, isn't it? And is that not one of your favourite films? I mean, and he yes. was in he was in Bad Neighbours. Yes, he was. But that's Christopher Mintz Plass, indeed. So, <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> Emma Stone's she's she's gone on to do better things. Seth Rogen's still the same guy. Michael Sarah's Seth kind Rogen of, is doing great guns. Uh, Michael Sarah's kind of faltering a bit, but he's still the same kind of guy. Bill he's Hader aging, but he's He is absolutely I mean, Bill Barry, uh, Barry and... sorry, not Bill. <laughs> Barry is Bill Ben. Yeah, um, but I think. Jonah Hill had to twist, otherwise he wouldn't be the same guy. He wouldn't be in um, Wolf of Wall Street, I don't think, had it not been for this. Or War Dogs, who could forget? <laughs> who could forget I film? quite enjoyed War Dogs. I did too, I just don't think the world saw it. Oh. I think it's all right, yeah. Guys, can you uh, sign off by telling everyone where we can find you online and say goodbye to the listeners? You can find me on Twitter at Ali Plum. Uh, Plum is a B on the end and Ali is A-L-I. Made a meal of that. I'm also on Instagram and also on your radio, um, on BBC Radio 1 and Extra. And I have a podcast and yada, 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 yada. There are not many Ali Plums, so just give it a Google. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ali Wybe, A-W-L-Y-W-Y-B, or on Instagram at Ali Wybrew. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. So much Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks, Bye. you guys. Enjoyed this episode of Flixwatcher Podcast? Why not leave us a five-star review on iTunes? You can also follow us at FlixWatcherPod on Twitter and we're at FlixWatcher on Instagram. Thanks as always to the mighty people for their mighty, mighty tunes and Ben from Rockwood Audio for his awesome editing skills. If you're looking to get your podcast edited as sweet as this, get in touch with Ben and that's Rockwood, R-O-K-K, Wood audio tell them flicks what you sent you you just heard a stripped media production 